Well, last year, if you'll recall, I spoke about uh, vocations to the religious life and why it would make sense for someone to want to become a religious brother or religious sister. This year, though, I'm going to focus on vocations to the priesthood. And uh, there maybe is only just a limited number of young men amongst us. Nonetheless, I think it's important to speak about vocations to everybody, no matter what age they're at, no matter what uh, vocation they have, no matter what state of life they're in, because together we form a culture within which vocations to the priesthood can come forth. So it's important for us to kind of think about this issue and to understand how a vocation to the priesthood uh, would actually come about and would work. And uh, the text that I want to draw upon today It's not so much the gospel text, but actually our psalm. I find this psalm very, very uh, beautiful. It's Psalm 118, and there's this one verse, and we sung it. Uh, It says, The stone which the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. By the Lord has this been done. It is wonderful in our eyes. So Jesus is this stone who was rejected by the builders. Okay, So it's a metaphor for him being rejected by the religious leaders of his day. But, kind of contrary to expectations, at least the expectations of those who rejected him, he becomes the cornerstone, meaning he becomes the most important uh, part of God's plan for the world, for building his kingdom on the earth. And it says, that final verse is beautiful, it is wonderful in our eyes. I love that. I love that phrase. It is wonderful in our eyes. Now, in the Latin Bible... The word wonderful that we see here in, in English is wonderful is in Latin mirabilis. And it, you know, you can think of this Latin word and almost kind of hear how it might come into the English language. Mirabilis, you know, think of miracle. Okay, a miracle is a wonderful thing that's taken place. But the word that I want to focus on today is the word admiration. That would be another kind of uh, offshoot of this Latin word mirabilis, admiration. And I believe that the capacity for admiration is actually the key to fostering vocations to the priesthood. The capacity for admiration. It's kind of a simple concept. That'll be basically the theme of the homily. Give you a little story here, and hopefully this illustrates my point in in, in maybe a surprising manner, in a surprising way. Got a close friend of mine. Uh, First of all, thank God for friends. If when by the time we're adults. Uh, and maybe getting at the end of our life, if we can say that we've got two or three or four good friends, something that is, is quite uh, remarkable and something that we need to praise God and thank God for. So I've got a close friend of mine, uh, a priest friend who's not a priest in, in our diocese. He's in another um, part of the States. And uh, his story of his vocation to the priesthood, to me, in my mind, is at least the people that I know, of course I've probably read about more surprising vocations, but at least as far as people that I know, it's the most remarkable one that I know. And uh, why it is, is because he, there was never a time in his life where he thought he wasn't going to be a priest. He always wanted to be a priest. He always knew he was going to be a priest. From the time he was four or five years old, can you imagine that? And uh, the thing that makes it even more remarkable is the fact that, you know, his family background was kind of tough. He didn't really come from a, you know, quote-unquote, good Catholic family. Okay, his, his folks were split up and there was a lot of kind of dysfunctionality to it. And uh, nonetheless, uh, when it came time for him to do his uh, first Holy Communion, 
He enrolled himself in First Holy Communion classes. Can you imagine that? A second grader enrolling themselves, taking the initiative to do that. And then he walked to the First Holy Communion classes. <laughs> okay. And of course, he was a kind of a, a precocious guy. By the time he was 13 or 14 and he was doing his confirmation, he shows up to the confirmation classes with a catechism and the code of canon law, right? I mean, what Catholic knows anything about the code of canon law? A 13-year-old kid, you know. So he's kind of a bookish guy. Well, at the same time, though, you know, he played sports. He, he played football and he, and he wrestled in high school and he was relatively successful. So he's a little bit of a, a geek, but not a total geek, okay? All right. Um, and uh, he went to Notre Dame. He had a dual major, philosophy, theology in Notre Dame, graduated there, went on to seminary, and that's where my life crossed with his life, and I became friends with him. And uh, we both were in, we were in Rome, studying in Rome together, and he and I got this one degree, we were in the same university, and then we went on to get a, another degree. Now, that in itself is kind of a little bit out of the ordinary to do a second degree, so I did a second degree. But then he did not only a second, but he did a second and a third degree simultaneously from two different universities at the same time. <laughs> okay, so uh, very, very bright guy, and quite a, quite a bit younger than me as well, too, about 10 years younger than me. He, as soon as he came out of seminary, his bishop um, gave him a pastor and made him pastor. Now, that's more out of necessity than out of any other reason. Unfortunately, today, priests are being made pastors right out of seminary. It's really not good. It's kind of an unfortunate situation because you really need more experience as an associate priest before you're made a pastor. But in any event, that's where we're at today. And so some guys are made pastors right away. And that is the case for him as well. He's doing very well. He's he's uh, in a part of America where the church is actually in a growth phase, thank God. So his, his parish is really burgeoning uh, and it's overflowing and it's a half Spanish population, half Anglophone population. He speaks Spanish, he ministers to people in Spanish, uh, as well as, as English, and um, he's doing very well. Now, I, I tell that story, and I think one of the things that you can notice about it, there's probably a lot of things you can notice about it, one of the things you can notice about it is my admiration for this guy. All right, And a true friendship is based on mutual admiration over things that are, should be admired. <laughs> okay, not, not bad things, but virtues, good characteristics, good qualities that can be admired. That's really the basis of friendship. But I think also this idea of admiration is really the basis of a priestly vocation. Because the priest's main job is to be, now this might sound a little bit surprising at first, but it will make sense as I go on, an admirer of Jesus Christ. That's really what a priest's job is. You know, when you become friends with someone, or there's someone maybe you're not exactly friends with them, but they're kind of like a, a little bit of your, your idol or something, and you know, and you really admire them. When you're in their presence, you kind of, you start to um, adopt their values, their interests, the things they care about, you start to care about. If you really admire someone, and they talk uh, highly about something, you certainly, you know, you, you become interested in that. So what they're interested in, you become interested in. And that's really what a priest does. His job is to be interested in the things that Jesus is interested in. Okay? The priest has got to be Jesus' biggest fan. And whatever Jesus cares about, whatever the burden of his heart is, 
Whatever his designs for humanity and for the world are, the priest adopts those naturally because Jesus is his everything. He's completely dedicated to him. And his honor, his reputation, that's first and foremost in the heart and the mind of the priest. You know, when you admire someone, you want to tell other people about them, don't you? You say, oh, let me tell you about this person that I met or this friend of mine or, you know, my, my grandmother, whoever it might be. Someone that you really admire, you want to tell other people about them. And that's, again, that's the job of the priest. The priest's job is to tell other people about Jesus. I got this awesome guy <laughs> that I know and I want to tell you all about him. Okay. So, developing the capacity for admiration really is the key to fostering vocations. And, you know, in my own life, as I, as I got older, uh, as I grew up and I got older, you know, there would be certain people I would kind of at uh, attach myself to and kind of admire them, but it was a little bit premature. You get a little bit older and you kind of look back and you say, oh, I don't know if that was a person I really should have admired, so forth and so on, okay? But the... the the people who I really began to admire and I found to be consistently, reliably worthy of admiration were really the saints, the Catholic saints. No matter what angle I looked at them from, I always found them to be worthy of admiration and admirable. And then, of course, Jesus himself. I am so in awe of him. There is no man who has ever walked on this earth that can compare to him. You know, people who even hate Christianity, they have a hard time speaking anything against Jesus himself. Did you ever notice that? Very rarely would anybody on the face of this earth actually badmouth Jesus. Okay? That his his reputation, his fame, so to speak is uncontestable. There's no one like him. He is eminently admirable and worthy of admiration. Uh, how do we foster this ability to actually admire others? Well, number one, the number one enemy of the ability to admire someone is envy. Envy is the opposite of admiration, right? So, you know, the envious person looks at someone who's got something good and they go, they feel sorrowful <laughs> over the fact that someone's got maybe a material possession or a talent or whatever it might be. Okay, so when we as Christians, if we ever feel envy, we should never speak it. We should never act upon it. We should do the opposite and aim for cultivating the opposite in our lives. So when we see good things in other people, let's praise those good things. Okay? Even if it's a person who maybe for other reasons we don't necessarily like. Okay? We need to be able to praise the good things that that person has. And uh, also, you know, another, another trick I think about vocations is this person who the priest has to grow to admire and love above all others is not accessible to the senses. You can't, you know, Jesus, he walked this earth 2,000 years ago. He's at the right hand of the Father. He's present to us in his humanity as well as his divinity in the Blessed Sacrament, but you can't see him. And that's a whole, it's the mystery of faith. Okay, so he's not accessible to the senses. Now, how do you, how does someone like that compete with the rock star or the sports player whose image is plastered everywhere over social media, right? 
So there's a certain uh, need that we have to cultivate the faculty not of sight, but of hearing. And this is why Jesus says in the Gospel, I have other sheep, and they will hear my voice. He's not talking about they'll see me on stage doing a cool dance or, you know, in the, in the football end zone or whatever it might be. He says, they will hear my voice and they will follow me. And that's what a priestly vocation is. So there's a, a need to actually develop the faculty of hearing and imagination. Okay? So as grandparents and as parents... Do we tell stories? Now, sometimes the old folks have a tendency to tell a story over and over again. You don't want to do that, okay? That'll, that'll really annoy your kids. But the idea of telling stories is so important. I wish Deacon Greg was here, right? He's a master storyteller, you know? The idea of telling stories about people who are not present, who can't be seen, and telling favorable stories about them. This is a way to cultivate that faculty of hearing, imagination, admiration. So when the young person comes to Mass and he hears the Gospel being read and he hears about Jesus, his admiration for this man can be planted and grow and develop and cultivate. So my brothers and sisters, let's tell stories. Let's speak positively about others. Let's banish envy from our hearts by God's grace. And thereby we will create a culture that facilitates and fosters vocations to the priesthood.